The True Crime Society podcast contains adult themes and violence and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. It is Thursday, July 27th right now. And if you don't want to hear us chat for a little bit, just remember there is a timestamp in the episode description. So you can just go right to the start of the episode. We're both like, we don't have much to chat about today. I can tell you tell you guys I'm super hot. We're in a heat advisory. I have to turn off my air conditioner to record so that you guys don't hear it in the background because that's how much I care about everyone. And I'm so fucking hot already. <laughs> Still cold here. We like got like one month left of winter. I can't wait to get out. Every year, I'm at, like every year I just feel, forget how much I hate it. Like I know it's coming and then when I'm here, it's like you just get in the depths and uh, it's not. I'm not a winter person. <laughs> I get so excited for summer because it's supposed mm. to be a fun time of year, but I swear it gets hotter and hotter every year where it's not even enjoyable. Like mm. I hate going outside because it's so hot. My apartment, even though I have air conditioners going, I have crappy windows, so it doesn't really cool off all that much. It's like fine. But when at night when I sleep, I want it to be like ice cold and I can't get it to that level. <laughs> that is the only benefit. I do love an ice cold sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so I definitely prefer like spring and fall now. Winter at the start is nice because it's fun, but it doesn't even snow as much anymore here because it's almost because of global warming. Um, But we don't even get that much fun snow lately. We don't ever get snow. And then also I feel like the houses here just aren't equipped to deal with it when when it does get really cold. Like we all have fans. Most people have, you know, air con, but in terms of proper heating, I feel like a lot of places just aren't equipped. We definitely have talked about this like a long time Mm. ago, but remember when I moved into my apartment? years ago five fucking years ago six i like sent you a video and you're like what are those things on the floor and i was like the the heaters (laughs) we we don't have that here that's not a thing for you guys but (laughs) baseboard heaters not a Mm. thing in australia no we have like so we had when we we bought this house at the end of 2020 and we had this amazing fireplace and when we went to get it serviced i think last year the guy's like oh my god it's got a massive crack in it you need to get it so last winter we didn't have a fireplace we got one this winter, which is nice, but I still feel like it could be warmer. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Mm. <laughs> My parents' house has like a wood stove, which is yeah. like the closed-in one. That gets hot, so that would be that'd be nice to have when I move one day, <laughs> if <laughs> I ever move. <laughs> Looking grimmer and grimmer by the day. So we just recorded before this episode a little update on the Alicia Navarro case. I'm probably sure if you followed true crime you would have seen it over the last few days that she went missing at age 14 in 2019 and just this week she showed back up alive in montana which so she went missing in arizona so cross state lines alive the police have said she's happy and healthy um there's just not quite enough information for a full normal episode so we recorded a kind of mini update on the case for patreon so if you're not um, if you didn't know, we have a Patreon now where you can get all of our episodes ad-free and we've also started doing some kind of mini update episodes as well, That ones that don't fit the form- format of our usual podcast episodes. Plus you get access to an exclusive Facebook group and on Patreon it's kind of like its own 
thing with posts that people seem to be really liking. I thought people would be into Facebook because it's kind of what you're more used to, but actually more people said they they like the Patreon app better and that's easier to follow our posts and stuff. So Any excuse not to be on Facebook. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I swear it gets worse and worse as time goes on. I, it's almost impossible to function because half the Nothing time works. mine's still doing that thing. A thread will have a thousand comments or something. I'll click view more comments and it brings me to the top, to the oldest comments. So I can't even get to the bottom. Mine must have had an update in my app in the last few days because now it's just like my whole app is basically a whole bunch of white screen. Like when I'm trying to read a comment, it has the comment at the top and usually you can see you know, other comments, but it's one comment and then a whole bunch of white screen. Yeah, so mine does that fun. sometimes. Also my feed is just all at honestly like 50 to 60 percent just suggested posts now mm. of mm. things that it thinks i like and i'm like, and I'm like no like i don't watch the walking dead <laughs> i don't care about the walking dead now it's gonna think i care about it more because i'm talking mm. about it yeah you'll start getting all walking dead now your phone's heard you <laughs> but it's like the most random shit where it'll be restaurants or posts from like the type of places I would maybe travel to, brewery type places, or places similar to where I go in North Carolina because I was just there. And even if I will see something, I'll be like, oh, that looks cool. Where is it? And it'll literally be like North Dakota. And I'm like, I'm not going to North Dakota. This isn't relevant to me. (laughs) I can't stand it. Like, just let me follow what I want to see. Just to circle back to the Patreon for a minute. We only have one tier at the moment. It's very affordable. It's like a dollar a week. Um, for no ads, you get a few little bonuses. Everyone, we've had a lot of people come over already and join us there. This podcast format won't change. It'll still be available at the same time, free if you don't want to be on Patreon, but this is just kind of a little um, extra for anyone who's interested. Yeah, it's been fun. I'm glad we finally did it. Yeah, so today I don't really have anything else to talk about. Peep is here rubbing on everything. <laughs> <sighs> Peep, do you want to give a meow? No, we're just going to rub. You're just going to rub silently on the desk. She's so rude. Never meows when you want her to. Um, Do you have anything exciting this weekend? Anything going on? No, pretty quiet. Not too much at all, really. I've got book club tonight. I actually read a read. I audioed the book, and I loved it. I think I've spoken about books in the past before, but I haven't really for a while. So the book was called The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. I don't know if you've heard about it, but basically the premise of the book is that one day everyone in the world who's over the age of 22 wakes up to a box on their doorstep or, you know, in their mailbox Mm. or whatever. And in the box is a string and that string represents how long your life will be. So some people have short strings, some people have long strings and it kind of goes, it was such an interesting book. I I would say it's probably the best book I've read in a year. I, I loved it. It was very, like, when I first started, I was super anxious. I'm like, would I want to know? Would I open the box? You know, like, but then as it went on, it focused on about eight, like, the stories of kind of eight people, the same eight people throughout the book, and they all had different length strings and different lives. So it was very, very interesting. If you're looking for a good read, I definitely recommend that one. Yeah. I actually started reading a lot again as a distraction from life, and I bought a new (laughs) Kindle on Amazon Prime Day, so I've been forcing myself to read more. I used to read a lot, but. I read a lot of uh, like the typical fantasy romance type books like Fourth Wing and A Court of Thorns and Roses and all those. So if anybody reads those, feel free to message me. Would love to chat about Fourth Wing <laughs> and those kinds of books because I'm a loser. Oh, actually, I just remembered you did say um, 
in the last episode that you would give us your brief thoughts on the Barbie movie? (laughs) Yes, actually. I really, really enjoyed it. It was funny because my mum took my older daughter last Saturday and then I took my younger daughter on Sunday. So we all saw it. Um, my older daughter, I don't know if she, she's just, she's 12 ish. So I feel like she's at an age now where she's a bit cool for things. She's like, oh, it's not, it's not going to be what you think it is. And you know, I'm like, mm. all right. But then, so I took my younger daughter, the movie theater was sold out Sunday afternoon. It was packed. Um, I really, really, really liked it. I thought it was, there was some super clever wit, you know, like I saw someone describe it as like whip smart, which I think it is. Um, it is different to what you think. The first thing my daughter said when we walked out of the cinema, she's like, mom, that is not a movie for kids. (laughs) (laughs) And a few times during it, so she's 10, a few times during it, she would ask me what certain things would mean. Like there's a few kind of jokes that went above her head, but she still, she goes, I really, really liked it. I feel like, and even my niece who I think is eight, she loved it as well. I feel like little kids still love it enough for the Barbie content, but Mm -hmm. there is, it's a good adult movie too. I really enjoyed it. And Ryan Gosling is great in it. He's very funny. I've heard that he was really good. (laughs) People were Um, like, at first I thought he was a bad Ken, but now that I've seen it, he was perfect. (laughs) He was actually. And it was just clever. Like, you know, everyone in it was really good. Even Will Ferrell was in it. He was really funny. Um, I don't know. I'd probably give it a solid eight out of 10. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. I would think a lot of different people would enjoy it. Like, you know, women or females of all ages would enjoy it there's probably a group of men that would enjoy it you know I think it's a yeah a fun movie with a good message yes I want to go see it I'm gonna try to force Mike to go see it because I don't have anyone else to go with so he has to come (laughs) with me all right so on a totally opposite end of the spectrum of Barbie (laughs) we are going to be talking about Taylor Shabusiness today and Yes, that is a fake name. Well, legally, she legally changed that to her name because people were like, how could she go to trial with a fake name? I'm like, no, no, no. Like she changed her last name to Shabusiness. (laughs) It's spelled S-C-H-A-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S. So it's like business with a shah at the start, if you're wondering. Yeah, like mine Shabusiness. I was just looking at our Instagram messages and someone wrote, I hope you come up with a funky name like you did for How to Get Away with Murdoch. Shabusiness just sounds like it could be used in so many ways. (laughs) Uh, we'll have, we'll to, have th- to come up with we'll, something. <laughs> maybe we could crowdsource for some ideas. <laughs> so, yeah, this case, um, I think a lot of people have been following it. It's been kind of a, a quick one. Very quick. Um, like when the trial started this week, they're like, it's going to run for a week. And then literally in like two days it was over. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, it's it's like a quick, simple one, but insane because it's very gory and unhinged but it's not like some big sprawling deeply involved story like Murdoch or some of the other cases this is just a shocking crazy one one event yeah yeah she Taylor has been found guilty of of the murder of Shad Therion and she did that in February 2022 in Wisconsin not only did she murder him she beheaded and dismembered him so i guess as a trigger warning there are some graphic we don't get into too overly graphic and disgusting just for the sake of it but it is a more graphic violent case so just go into it with that in mind the same woman who told investigators they would have fun trying to find all the dismembered body parts of her victim is now ordered a competency hearing before court proceedings can continue 
It was 24-year-old Shad Thyreon's mother who found his decapitated head in a bucket at the bottom of her stairway. Investigators say Thyreon's lover, 24-year-old Taylor Shabiznis, is responsible for his murder, sexual assault, and dismemberment. Shabiznis appeared in court virtually on Thursday as her defense attorney motioned for a competency evaluation. But if you blinked, you missed her. Well, this business isn't here today. She doesn't seem to be engaging directly with the court. I can't see her face. I can see, um, I can see her, but uh, she's not looking into the camera. Um, now she is. All right. Instead, Shabiznis stood in a cell at the Brown County Jail with her arms crossed. She's being held on a $2 million cash bond. Last month, Shabiznis told investigators she went, quote, crazy when she began choking Thyreon during sex. While she didn't plan to kill him, she said she was, quote, already this far and liked it. After he was dead, she performed sexual acts on Thyreon's body. She later dismembered the remains, putting a leg and foot in her vehicle, but leaving the victim's head behind in a bucket. She told investigators, quote, I can't believe I left the head, though. She also told investigators that she had become paranoid after smoking meth and shooting up trazodone. Shabiznis's attorney requested a competency evaluation, saying he's concerned about her ability to assist in her own defense. We'll start with some background on the people involved. So Shad Therion, he is the one that was murdered. He was born on September 7th, 1997 in Green Bay, Wisconsin. According to his obituary, he enjoyed camping, games, and spending time with his family. He was a very kind and compassionate person who often thought of others before himself. He was a talented artist, and he also enjoyed wood carving. We think that Taylor and Shad were classmates together at Bayport High School, so it seems like they had known each other. Taylor, she had a rough upbringing her mother, Marla, died from cirrhosis and alcoholism in 2009 when she would have been around 12 years old. She was raised by her parents until she was 11 years old, and then she moved to live with her grandparent, her paternal grandparents in Texas, and she has been receiving mental health treatment since she was in seventh grade. Just as a kind of note, too, I saw on the footage today from the trial that her father appeared in court, and he is also in prison. So it's a lot of... A vicious circle in her family it seems yeah it seems like she didn't have the easiest upbringing yeah in 2018 taylor changed her name from taylor coronado to taylor shabiznis and she apparently married a man named warren shabow at one point Shabo. yeah i don't know it's spelled s-c-h-a-b-o-w some records say their wedding was on valentine's day in 2020 he also uses the name Shabiznis on social media, but that's not he has not legally changed his name to that. He is still Shabao, not Shabiznis. Yeah, on all kind of the inmate records, he his original name is on there, so she is the only Shabiznis. <laughs> so Taylor and Warren had a son around 2021, and his name is Matteo Coronado. Interesting. He didn't get the Shabiznis mm. name or the Shabao name. <laughs> and they didn't have custody of him, and the child lives with his paternal grandparents in Texas. Um, so this little blurb is from Warren's social media, just to give you a vibe of the vibe. 
I think he's another one who seems to have social media some for some reason in prison because it sounds like this is written after the murders or the murder. So maybe on his tablet. No, <laughs> they're probably not allowed. It must be um, a, a secret phone or something. Okay, so he wrote, "My name is Warren E. Shabau, but I'm the one that blessed Taylor with the last name Shabusiness." Either way. I'm currently locked up on federal charges because I was framed. Anyways, I beat a conspiracy to dispute methamphetamine charge and pled to a possession with intent to deliver, which is the best deal I could get. So I was sentenced, like, dear diary. So (laughs) I was sentenced to 28 months because I already had 25 months in at the time of sentencing. With this being said, just know I'll be out by January of 2024 possibly November or December of this year. So plan on Warren Shabusiness to be out soon. Now you know a little more about Warren, and trust me, come my release, there'll be lots more to know about myself and my wife. Hashtag free my wife, Taylor Shabusiness. Hashtag loyalty over everything. It's um funny because on his social media, he's actually spelled Shabusiness, S-C-H-B-U-S-I-N-E-E-S. <laughs> so like Shabusiness. Is an ease. <laughs> you can't get it right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that was a lot. So in his mugshot, you can see that he has Taylor's name tattooed on his neck. Very serious couple. Warren has a state criminal history in Wisconsin, according to online court records. He was convicted of armed burglary, theft, disorderly conduct with a domestic abuse modifier, resisting an officer, and a marijuana dealing. And Taylor as well had a criminal past before she committed murder. She has a previous criminal record, including a recent conviction for fleeing, eluding, and obstructing a police officer. She'd been sentenced to three months in jail in January 2022 with work release privileges according to court records online so the the murder happened in february 2022 so i don't know what kind of happened with that maybe they let her out early because she was essentially i don't know maybe she was yeah i haven't i tried to clarify that but i haven't seen it anywhere but anyway just kind of the point was that she does have a criminal record too in 2022 her top post on facebook said went off and told an addict, I'll never stop buying you dope so I could sit back and watch you die. Um, In 2022, after the murder, Taylor's brother, Arturo, was killed in a motorcycle accident. So the date of the murder was February 23rd, 2022, and Warren must have been in prison by this time, we're assuming, because Taylor was having a sexual relationship with someone else, and his name was Shad. So at 9.30 p.m. on February 21st, Taylor picked up Shad and they went with a friend to go buy drugs. The three of them smoked marijuana. Shad and Taylor also smoked meth and her roommate left. And then Taylor injected Shad and herself with trazodone, which is an antidepressant. I used to take it for sleeping. Doctors can prescribe it at a lower dose because it makes you very drowsy. I think they actually don't really prescribe it as an antidepressant anymore because it was making people too drowsy. Um, You eventually build up a tolerance where it doesn't literally knock you out. But when I first started taking it for sleep, within 15 minutes, I was like, I cannot stay awake. So I couldn't imagine injecting it. I have read, I have seen too in the trial that she apparently did meth that day or the day of the murder 54 times. So I don't know, like that's a lot. Yeah. So at some point, Taylor and Chad returned to his mother's house and went into the basement. seems like the two 
were staying there a lot in February 2022, according to Shad's mother. Anyways, her name is Tara. So they went into the basement. Shad got out two metal silver chains, one that he had around his neck and one that he gave her. So this info is coming from Taylor after she was talking to police about it. And she said that the chains are like a dog's choke collar. She said strangulation had been part of their sex acts in the past. And she said that he laid face down on the bed. And Taylor said she just went crazy and began to choke him with the chain. And she didn't stop even though he was coughing up blood and that his face started to turn purple. She told Green Bay Police Detective David Graff, yeah, I liked it. I think it's funny they specifically wrote YA. <laughs> like, yeah. like she was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They wrote YA, so I don't know if she was like, yeah, I liked it. <laughs> so that's what the criminal complaint says. She also asked detectives if they knew what it was like to love something so much that you wanted to kill it. The chain goes around his neck and starts choking him. And you just realized that he was going to die or what? I'm just like, I think I went a little too far because, like, like I, I was blacking out while I was doing it, right? And then I thought, and then, like, I look at him, I'm like, shit, he's already purple. I'm like, fuck him. I'm like, I don't know if he's fucking, is he good? Is he good? But then, like, when I woke up, like, you know, I'll, during the blackout moment, I'm like, shit. Like, he was coughing up blood. I'm like, I don't know. I just kept on going. Like, You made the comment, you said that when you were choking, you was coughing up blood, you kind of were like, well, I'm going this far, I'm just going to keep going. Did you realize that by continuing that, that made you home? Probably, yeah, because I felt bad because I'm like, damn, he's going to be losing after this. I'm like, I might as well just kill it. Did you want Chad to be dead? No. No, it was out of random. Like, I wasn't expecting that, and it kind of threw me off guard. And it was in an open place, and all that. You know, did it make you happy? Was it just kind of exciting? Like opening Christmas presents? Like, or? I don't know. It's, like, this is, the, this is the thing that I have. Like, I've always had, you know, like, you ever love something so much that you feel it? Like, yeah, it happens to me. That's the feeling that I have. I love something so much that I feel it. Like, I feel it so much and then I feel it. That's what happens to me. One reason why this case has gotten so much attention is because, if you can't tell by now, she is, says very outlandish things and has very um, outlandish behavior, I guess you could say. Yeah, and when she was arrested, her mugshot, you might have seen it. Like, she had a full face of makeup. She is essentially an attractive enough woman. Like, it's not, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just crazy that someone who looked so put together via I'm only judging it on the mugshot I know she's not now that what we've seen but do you know what I mean like that someone who is so, so put together can be capable of these grotesque insane things yeah so I was gonna say like she's wearing a lot of makeup yeah 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 she looks yeah exactly so according to the criminal complaint Taylor said that she continued choking him until he stopped breathing she later told police that she first played with the victim's body for like two or three hours which led to the sexual assault charges. Then she used knives from the kitchen to decapitate and dismember him, planning to take all of the body parts with her, but she said she got lazy and didn't, so she only took some. So some of the body parts were eventually discovered in the van and some were in the basement, placed in plastic shopping bags or a cardboard box, plastic bucket, plastic storage container. 
So she was just putting these all over the place. You said you cut his head off first, correct? Oh, um, yeah. Can you describe where was he at laying on the bed? I pulled him. Okay. Like, say this is the bed. Okay, so this is the top of the bed? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I pulled him, and then uh, his head was hanging off. So, so he was probably laying face up? So yeah. his back was on the bed. His back was on his the bed. His head's partially off the bed. Yeah. Okay. And then um, the tub was like right there. Right. The pail that you had the yeah. head before. Okay. So basically, his head's here, and the pockets right here. Yeah, and then um, from there, I I started his. He cut his head off. Yeah. Okay. So then between 2.30 a.m. and 3 a.m. on February 23rd, Tara, which is Shad's mother, heard a door slamming and the sound of the vehicle. So she got up to investigate to see if Shad was still home or if he had left. And she saw a light on in the basement. So she went down there and she probably made the most horrific discovery as a mother that you could make. And she found her son Shad's head in a bucket. So she called police at 3.25 a.m. I haven't really listened to the call yet. I did hear a little bit about... I don't, I don't think they've released it kind of as a standalone file. They did discuss it in the trial, so I've heard parts of it. But her boyfriend kind of calls, yeah, and says, um, I think my girlfriend might have found a severed head in a bucket. And... I'll try to put in clips if I could find any without people talking over them. Um, but apparently, yes, yeah, so the mom's boyfriend calls and he also called like the non-emergency police line <laughs> because he didn't want there to be sirens. But it's like if you if your girlfriend finds her son's head in a bucket, is how are you not just calling 911? Like you that means you probably Googled the non-emergency number to I guess- call. By this stage, it's not really an emergency. Nothing can be done. But, but yeah, I agree. Like your, anyone else's first thought would be to call 911. It wouldn't be like, okay, what's not an emergency? I don't want to waste anyone's time. I've just found a head in a bucket. Yeah. And even just you have drilled in your head for your whole life that when something bad happens, call 911. Yeah. Especially because I've had to call 911 before for like I saw someone get hit by a car once. And even times like that, like your adrenaline's going and you feel like you can't think straight. So I couldn't imagine finding a head in a bucket and being like, oh, let me just Google. <laughs> what town is this? The police department? <laughs> I don't know. I guess everyone reacts to things differently, but I thought yeah. that was pretty wild. Brown County Public Safety, how may I help you? Um, yes, I'd like an officer at 829 Stony Brook. Um, if I just woke me up, it swears that Chicago severed head of her son in the basement. Okay, can you repeat the address, sir? Uh, 829 Stony Brook. Okay, S-T-O-N-E-Y? Is it E-Y, right? Yes. No E. No E. Just that Y. Is that a house, apartment, or duplex? It's a house. What's your phone number? Uh, my number is 327-3748. My name's Steve. 327-3748? Yes. What's your last name, Steve? Hendricks. Okay, tell me what's happening there again. I have no clue what's happening. My girl swears that she's found her severed head of her son in the basement. Did you go down there? In a bucket. 
I went down, I can't tell what the fuck is. I just, pardon my language, I'm kind of a little freaked out. Okay, did she just wake up and say that? Yeah. And who is, who, who, whose head is it? She's claiming it's her son. How old is her son? 24, 20, 25. Has he been missing, or? No, yeah, he was here yesterday with some chick, and then now all of a sudden nobody's here. And she came up to use the restroom a couple times, and she keeps calling and calling, and now she's saying that she hears the phone down there, too. Okay, is she with you right now? Yes, I won't. Yeah, she's upstairs. She's a little freaked out, and I don't know what to do. Okay, all right, stand on. And um, you said you went down there, correct? Yeah, and I lifted the towel, but I can't, I, I can't see very well, and I can't tell what the hell it is. So there's something in the bucket. There's something in the got, there's something in the goddamn bucket there. Okay. If she won't work again, I, I, I don't know what the hell, man. Do you think she's hallucinating, or do you think that... I don't think so. I went down, there's something in the damn bucket. <laughs> and I, I can't, I, I don't know, man. And she's a little freaked out, and... Kind of freaking you. What's your girlfriend's last name? Uh, Pakinek. How do you spell that? Oh, holy shit. You want to spell it? P-A-K-A-N-I-C-H. N-I-C-H. What's her first name? Uh, Para. Tara. P-A-R-A. What's her middle initial date of birth? What's your middle initial? I 
out there sleeping all day. I was gone for a little while. Just today, Tuesday. And it's 25, and I'm going to the basement. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Well, we've got help. And then I heard my door and her minivan start. And I went downstairs and I went to the bathroom. The lights were out in the basement. I went, heard them off, and I looked around, and I looked there. And then when I turned around to come back upstairs, there was a five-gallon bucket with a towel over it. And I'm like, oh, great. That's why they're out here all day yesterday. They're pissing in a bucket. And I looked, and that is not what was in that bucket. What is your son's name? Sad Therian. C-H-A-D? S-A-C-A-D. How do you spell his last name? T-H-Y-R-I-O-N. So police came to the house then and a towel had been placed over the head and there was dried blood on a mattress nearby. Um, This is from an article from Law and Crime, kind of what about police found there. Um, It says the head had been severed from the neck and there was visual evidence of strangulation inside the bucket. Besides the head was a male organ along with body fluid and two knives. Other body parts were found in the basement in plastic shopping bags. Knives, including a carving knife and a bread knife, were located at the crime scene. The victim's upper torso was found in a storage tote along with several internal organs. The torso had numerous right cuts to the side, and detectives noted significant blood stains on an unsheeted mattress with what appeared to be a site of previously cleaned up blood on a concrete surface. Blood was also spotted near a stand-up shower, and blood drops found leading up to that shower had been partially wiped up. So it seems like quite the scene. Mm. I just I can't believe that she was able to do this. Like dismembering someone with a kitchen utensils is hard. A bread like, knife? Yeah. I just she must have been so jacked up or whatever. I don't know. I just I, like I don't know. It's just wild to me that she was able to dismember him to this extent in a shortish amount of time. According to the police interview, Shabiznis used knives from his mother's kitchen to cut up Therion. How did you dismember his body? Knives. What's that? Knives, 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 knives. Knives? More than one knife? Not Where did you get those from? Kitchen. Just not by mine, I wasn't sharp enough. You weren't sharp? No, no. It was all right. Bread knife works good. Bread knife? A bread knife works good, yeah. Really? I was uh, so like, yeah. I got lazy last night, so. Where would these knives be now? They're in, they're in with all the organs and all the body parts. And where was that? In the black bag. It's in the black bag of, um. Mm. In the basement? It's in the basement. They're all in the basement. I know that. Damn, the head. Yeah, I can't believe I let that go. What's the body? The body's there. 
So we're gonna take the hits of one. You liked it? Well, you're gonna have fun trying to look for all the organs, but um, yeah, they're all dismembered. Yeah. So you dismembered the body too? Yeah. Well, what did you do with the body parts? Oh, they're, um, they're in the house. Somewhere? They're like, um, yeah. Basement, upstairs, yeah, downstairs? Absolutely in the basement. I'll be on ground with them. And then, um, I know I forgot the head. I wanted the head. Did you bring anything with you? Yeah, it's in the van. What? It's in the van. It's um, what is it? What is it? A foot, maybe. The what? I think it's a foot. A foot in the van? A leg, maybe. Um, okay. I just brought, I'm like, I'm gonna bring it all, and then I'm like, man, this is messy. So then I just left it. I got lazy. Okay. I got lazy, and that's what I get. So. So police quickly learned that Taylor was the last person to be seen with Shad. They found her at a home and said she had dried blood on her clothing. Police searched her van and found a box with additional human body parts, including legs, on the rear passenger seat. And this happened after Taylor told detectives that most of the body parts should be in the basement, but, quote, there should be a foot or a leg in the minivan. Police obtained a search warrant for the home and they found multiple other body parts body fluids and knives is that her home probably yeah well that, it says when it says she was found at a home i don't actually know whose house it was but it wasn't shad's house it was i'm assuming it was wherever she was staying or living at the time yeah that's what i thought so the criminal complaint goes into graphic detail about what taylor did to shad it says at one point during the interview Taylor stated that she could feel the victim's heart beating still as she was choking him. She kept pulling and choking him harder, but the victim would not die, and that he kept, quote, rebuilding into muscle. Detective Graff asked at what point she knew that the victim was not alive anymore. Taylor stated that the victim's face turned purple and blood was coming out of his mouth, but she did not stop. The detective asked what she did after the victim died, and she stated that she then played with his body. She stated that she sucked his penis and that she assaulted the victim with a dildo. Detective Graff asked Taylor if when she was choking the victim, if he tried to fight back at all, and she said that he did. Officers told Taylor what they found. And she allegedly responded by saying, that's pretty fucked up, and that she admitted that she blacked out after doing so much methamphetamine, and she said after smoking the bitch. I guess the bitch is the meth. Yeah. Police said that Taylor told them they were going to have fun trying to find all the organs as she dismembered the body. She also said, damn the head. I can't believe I left the head, though. Taylor was charged with first-degree intentional homicide, mutilating a corpse, and third-degree sexual assault, and she pled not guilty in July 2022 and was held on a $2 million bond. So as we mentioned earlier, this trial did seem to happen fairly quickly, but there were some bumps in the road. Taylor appeared in court on February 14th, 2023, which was her wedding anniversary. Mm. (laughs) Anyway, this appearance was to determine if she was fit to stand trial. On the day, the judge ruled that he was going to delay her trial, which had been scheduled to start on March the 6th. After the judge announced this, Taylor went crazy and she attacked her attorney, Quinn Jolly. There's footage of this online. We might put a clip in if you could. It's basically her jumping up. She grabs him, you know, looks, got her crazy eyes. Yeah. A lot of ruckus. Uh, the week of May 15 for the trial. 
Stop it. Stop it. Rachel, call. Is they bring seven in? She was tackled to the ground by court officers. You can hear them saying, just relax. Are you hurt? Are you hurt anywhere? Your wrists? Are you t any tingling in your feet or your fingers? Is your vision okay? And then there's kind of a photo of her sitting with her back up against a door. She obviously felt a bit sheepish maybe then. <laughs> Probably not actually. But the judge set the new date for the trial as May 15. This got pushed out again as Taylor's attorneys went back and forth with the judge about what evidence should be allowed to be presented. On May the 5th, Taylor's attorney asked for a competency evaluation, among other reasons cited in the motion. I'll read out a few of them, which, you know, kind of points to her maybe being incompetent. It says the defendant attempted to hit her head on the table during one jail conference. The detendant the, sorry, the defendant has looked away at the kiosk on the wall numerous times, staring at it in a bizarre manner on several occasions as if she's seen something. The defendant has been unable to answer questions posed to her by defence counsel. On occasion, the defence counsel has noted odd responses to questions posed to the defendant. The defence counsel has noted inappropriate smiling during some conferences, which seemed unusual related to the topics discussed. The defence counsel has noted that the defendant loses her train of thought or becomes confused on occasion during conferences. The motion also stated that the defence counsel has concerns that the defendant may have been suffering from a mental breakdown or other mental defect before the alleged incident on February 23rd, 2022, and that the defence has concern about Taylor's ability to be able to assist in her own defence at this time. So her competency was discussed right up until the start of the trial. On July 13th, so literally just a few weeks ago, a judge heard testimony from forensic psychologist Dr. Diane Litton. Dr. Litton uh, testified that Taylor showed signs of an active psychotic disorder and argued that she wasn't competent for trial. Another court-ordered psychologist, Dr. Matthew Seipel, also testified, though, that Taylor was competent to stand trial, and the judge sided with this doctor and found that Taylor was competent and jury selection started on July 21. Opening statements started on July 24th. They did state that the trial was expected to last for a week at that point. On the first day, Judge Thomas J. Walsh explained to the jury that Taylor had entered two pleas, not guilty and not guilty by reasons of mental disease or defect. The judge said that in the first phase of the trial, the jurors were only to consider Taylor's guilt and not that if she was suffering from the mental disease or defect. The jury heard the police call, which is what we spoke about earlier, in which which Shad's mother Tara and her boyfriend Steve Hendricks reported the discovery of Steve's head in a bucket. The operator asked if the mother is hallucinating. The jury saw graphic photos and videos of items found in the basement and Taylor's car, including the head in the bucket, bags and containers filled with body parts, sex toys, dog collar chains, and bloody knives. Is it weird that he asked if she was hallucinating? I guess you would, like it. Well, it's it just so, like, kind of wild that emphasizes what we were saying. Like it's such an unbelievable case. Like is really like you've found a head in a bucket like I feel like that would never happen in most 911 caller dispatchers lives so so on day two Taylor really took the stage she can be seen on video laughing as the judge spoke about the jury seeing visions of the head in the bucket and at one point she made what appeared to be finger guns at the judge like she, we've, we put the video on our Instagram but basically she kind of points her fingers in a gun shape at the judge the medical examiner testified on day two 
Dane County Deputy, he's the Dane County Deputy Medical Examiner, Victor Tranchida, and he said, it is my opinion that the cause of death of Shad Therion is strangulation and the manner of death is homicide. He also testified that additional body parts were found in a crockpot box in the van. The ME also addressed the possibility of Shad having overdosed. He said, it is in my medical opinion that drugs did not have anything to do with the death. Um, on that day too, former Green Bay Detective Jenna Luberta took the stand to discuss alleged internet searches made by Taylor. She apparently searched for information about Jeffrey Dahmer and researched flaming pentagrams and cl- custom blow-up sex dolls. The detective said there were more references to Jeffrey Dahmer and searches for Jeffrey Dahmer, pictures, things of that nature. She also had images of Jeffrey Dahmer saved on her phone. Taylor's lawyer then called for a mistrial over that evidence, said that people research odd topics all the time. <laughs> I know that if they looked at my phone, they'd be like, what is going on? But I know. Anyway, (laughs) he called the searches irrelevant and highly prejudicial. Prosecutors rebutted, saying the state has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Miss Shabusiness intended to engage in the conduct and that she intended to kill Shad and dismember his body. Her interest in Jeffrey Dahmer is relevant to this case. The state's position clearly is that she did this because she wanted to do this and this is something that interested her. So day three now, Green Bay Detective Kevin Kempf appeared on the stand and he described Taylor's kind of behavior and demeanor after her arrest. Another Green Bay Police Detective, David Graff, also testified that he had two separate interviews with Taylor. He said initially that was some of her comments was that it hadn't been intended, but once she started to strangle Shad, she found that she did enjoy it and she kept on strangling him. She was quite frank in being able to answer questions and to ask questions. The detective also spoke about how Taylor had used knives from the kitchen to carry out the crime. He said he knew Shad was more than she could carry in terms of being a whole body. Taylor also spoke in court on this day. She exercised her right not to testify and her her attorney asked the judge to confirm that she wasn't being pressured. So this is day three and on this day, closing arguments were presented and the defense rested. So very quick, I guess, you know, she essentially confessed to everything. There was no you know, real question if she did it or not. It was just, I guess, the circumstances surrounding it. Yeah. The jury deliberated for under one hour. Taylor showed no emotion in court as she was found guilty on all charges. So that was the first phase of the trial. The second phase, which is literally just happened in the last hour or so, was Thursday. It was to see if Taylor was responsible for the crime or if she was suffering from a mental disease or defect. Um, so the trial that this was called the penalty phase of the trial, uh, Taylor, the two kind of sentences that Taylor could be facing would be life in prison or that she would be committed to the custody of the department of health services. So the jury left after, you know, went out to deliberate on this day. They came back and said that Taylor did not suffer from a mental disease or defect and that she will be sent to a prison. We've just learned literally in the last few minutes that her sentencing date will be September 26th and it will last for the whole day. Could be up to life in prison. I would be shocked if she doesn't get a fairly lengthy sentence. I think she'll get life in prison. Surely. I feel like there are, there is not many crimes more heinous than this. Um, I Yeah, I would be surprised if she doesn't. And just absolute disregard for human life. Like how can you do that to someone who's a human being you you have to not consider them to be a human being to be able to do that to someone's body and just act like it's a toy for you to play with and hide the body parts all around town it's disgusting I, the criminal complaint is on the blog it does go into some very graphic detail about what she did to the body after the death you know if you really want to read it it's all on there but yeah she 
Yeah, like we didn't go into no. everything because it, even for us, it's it's sickening a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is the gist of it. Because even what we did say was pretty horrific. So that is kind of it in terms of the case background, the trial, and I guess the verdict. We're just waiting for the sentencing now, which will happen in about the sentencing will happen in September. Um, one interesting point for discussion that I've seen brought up a few times online and that we just mentioned is her obsession with Jeffrey Dahmer. There's a photo, someone's put a side-by-side photo of Shad with Jeffrey Dahmer. There is actually a resemblance. I feel like the main resemblance is the glasses though. They both have And like kind the of, hair color. And even the hair like is parted on the same side. Like you wouldn't look at Shad and say, wow, you're a ringer for Jeffrey Dahmer, but there is a resemblance. Um, I feel like- yeah similarities so that's we've put a photo of kind of the side by side on our instagram this the post that we shared it says taylor had an infatuation with jeffrey dharma who bears a striking resemblance in this photo to the victim shad like yes i can see it but then if i if he took his glasses off it would be less obvious i think when they're side by side yes but would i look at him and think he looks like jeffrey dharma probably not i feel like her obsession with jeffrey dharma was more so about killing if, if she did have an obsession was more so about killing someone not as in killing someone who looks like jeffrey Dahmer. if that makes sense i feel like she was mm, just, that's what i think too yeah obsessed with his killing passion and routine and things like that rather than killing someone who looked like him he was a gruesome killer and she committed a gruesome crime probably type thing um i wonder if she had googled him in the past like was this something that you know over the last like six months to a year was she googling him or it was just the this time yeah it's kind of like a little bit different to say t stack or you know even brian and anna walsh where they say on this day they googled this i haven't seen that it's just kind of that she had a regular search history for jeffrey dharma yeah i wonder how often it was or how Mm. far back it goes i did go through some online posts just to see what the peeps are saying like usual um a lot of people are just pointing out her deranged behavior during court and i think that's kind of what caught besides the case being really gory and brutal i think her behavior also is what made this case stand out to a lot of people but someone was saying they said anyone notice how she stayed looking down and disinterested but when the crime scene photos and videos were shown she perked up and wanted to see everything that b is a sicko she was even smiling at some points and someone else said she smiles quite a bit and tries to hide her face as though she knows her facial expressions will be seen as inappropriate but can't help it beyond bizarre i'm not sure she has enough marbles left to assist with her defense the rest of society needs to be protected from her and someone said, what got me was when she started laughing at the one guy who went to school with her and Shad, and when he said they were chopping it up one night, chopping it up as in they were hanging out. And she understood the irony of chopping it up, which completely wrecked her insanity defense. This bitch is pure evil and knew exactly what she was doing. Also, imagine being that guy and saying chopping it up. Oh, no. I feel like that's not even that common of an expression. I like I know it's an expression, but... Did he do that on purpose? <laughs> We're trying to be wishy. <laughs> Not a good time to be witty. Another thing that I thought was 
interesting at some point out, well, not interesting, but just a reminder to everyone is that the legal question of insanity isn't whether someone is mentally ill, because people are saying like she's definitely mentally ill, but it's whether they know the difference between right and wrong or knew what they were doing at the time. So she can be mentally ill, but did she still understand that what she was doing was wrong? That's kind of more so the question. And even for her to say, remember when we mentioned it, when she's like, wow, that's fucked up. Like that indicates that she knows it's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's similar with T. Stout, like you were saying. I do think T is mentally ill, but I do think she knew what she She was doing and that it was wrong. Yeah. And then this was another, this was something I was personally wondering about insanity versus being on drugs versus actual just mental illness. So someone said, honest question, even if it doesn't seem that way, is there a difference in how a person is found guilty if they're insane due to biological nature that they couldn't control versus insane due to drugs? Could they be found not guilty by reason of insanity for both reasons? I have a lot more sympathy for somebody who is insane and is outside of their control versus somebody who used too many drugs and lost their mental capacity. And someone responded and said, I'm not a lawyer nor expert. I'm aware that that's why so many mental assessments are done on people claiming insanity slash mental incapacity as a defense. It needs to be proven diagnostically that they were mentally impaired at the time of the crime. I do not believe there is a second type of insanity to drugs. If that were the case, every drunk driver who kills someone would be convicted and sent to a state mental hospital for the rest of their lives. But instead, they get charged with manslaughter at a minimum. What makes Taylor's case difficult is that she's clearly an insane person who also abused drugs, which impaired her further. It's hard to determine which of these is the greater contributor and thus the primary vehicle for her defects and the crime. Regardless of her clear mental defects, the state's job is to prove that she knew right from wrong when the crime was committed, cleaning the crime scene, concealing the body, etc., and that this was premeditated, which can literally be a second before the act. So seems like they did decide that she did know right from wrong, considering the sentence, well, the charge or whatever it's called. I've read to um, at another time when she had a meeting with a psychiatrist, she actually threw a chair at the psychiatrist. Oh my God. But her reasoning was that it was a lightweight chair, so it was fine. So that kind of also implies that like she had a reason for this behavior. It's not like yeah. she just did it. Like it was fine because it didn't hurt the person and it was a light chair. And like she thought about it, even though it was stupid. Yeah. yeah. She seems to just like really live for the drama of it all. Definitely. But yeah. So that is really it with this case. Um, we said the sentencing's in September. Yep. September 26th. So what do they do exactly in the meantime? T- she just waits in jail? Yeah. I think so. Because essentially she's, yeah, it's not going to make a difference to her sentence two months. I don't, I don't know why they. And that's the same with Laurie Vallow. Like, why do they? Like, Laurie Vallow has been months and months and months. Why? Why? (laughs) I don't know. It's just because, like, they have other things scheduled, I guess. Like, and maybe too. Like, I think sometimes in sentencing, for example, you know, they can read victim statements. But Mm, I feel like that doesn't take two months in this case for one victim to come together. But yeah, maybe it is just a scheduling thing. It probably is, like the judges and all that, and other cases, but. Yeah, so even though they said this trial was going to go for a week, which I know it's only really one day short, essentially it went for three days and then one day for the mental defect trial. So, you know, four days all up, Very that seems like a very efficient trial. Yeah. Some sense sentencing's done like the next day, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not making yeah. that up. Like murder, yeah, I, know, absolutely. I feel like it was right away. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 it just seems to be different in every state, maybe even counties it varies. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm sure someone will know. So let us know and I'll, I'll share the info. Hmm. Um, all right. But that is it for this episode. Um, everything will be on the blog, all the documents and sources and everything at truecrimesocietyblog.com. Follow us on Instagram at True Crime Society. That's where we post a lot of updates and ongoing stuff. Someone actually left us a nice comment, I think on Patreon, not to drop that again, but they said <laughs> how they really liked following us on Instagram and stuff because sometimes you want to know what's going on, but you don't have the time to read every news article that drags on the story for paragraphs and paragraphs so they could get all their ads in and you have to like scroll to find the specific stuff you want. Um, and that we're really good for just posting like the quick the ongoing updates. We read the articles from so you guys don't have to. <laughs> yeah. And we screenshot the parts people are actually interested in, or we just follow good reporters that post what's going on at the time. So yeah, I think that was always kind of our point. Cause that was also something I wanted because the articles it's like they're all the same article and they'll have one sentence that's different. It's like when this is kind of a bit of a tangent, but like when you find a recipe and you're like, yeah, I want to I cook that. I was thinking the same thing. And then thing. you have to scroll through 27 paragraphs about their – In 8,000 When I was ads. growing up and I was eight years old on a farm and I milked a cow, I'm like, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> but, yeah, so if you like quick updates, great. Follow us on Instagram, um, True Crime Society. If you want to know what we're up to, mine is StephSum underscore Olivia's TCS Olivia. If you're whatever platform you're on, make sure you like subscribe or follow so that it's just like a big help to us when you guys do that. Share the podcast with your friends. Leave us a little comments or reviews on Spotify, Apple, all that. And Patreon, if you guys are interested in it, you can find us there for ad-free stuff and some little mini episodes and just lots of fun stuff. Picks of peep, just like a great vibe. Thank you guys for listening. Stay safe out there and peace out. Yeah.